Oh, hey, everyone. Hi. It's good stuff, dude. It's good stuff. Praise God. Well, hi. Welcome back. Uh, for those that have been here before, welcome back. Uh, for those that are here for the first time and hanging out with us the first time, uh, welcome to our island of misfits. I have the privilege of being one of the misfit pastors here. Uh, it is an honor and privilege to be up here today. I am wearing a gift. I don't always wear gifts that people give me, but when I do, they're awesome shirts like this, okay? Um, this shirt, like, I, 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 like they saw me. Like I felt seen when they gave this to me, like I'm a pastor. Don't look so surprised. Like, I, I was like, you get me. Thank you. So I uh, thank you for giving me that. Um, I, uh, I want to give you a heads up on the front end that today, if you haven't already felt it, we're going to go on a journey. And that journey will include laughter and awkwardness and authenticity and vulnerability and tears and joy. And I'm letting you know that that's the ride we're on today. You may not have asked to be on that ride today, <laughs> but welcome to Kings Island. You got onto the ride, <laughs> you're on it. Uh, this is a powerful weekend um, for lots of different reasons. It's July 4th weekend. Did you guys know that? I'm not sure if you knew that. Uh, not just, just one person is excited about that. That's cool. Uh, I like that. Um, I, I, growing up, I, I, I always loved uh, July 4th weekend. Um, just a little bit uh, uh, where some of us are from, those who hail from the Northeast Ohio area, there is this thing that would happen uh, where the McKinley Monument, William McKinley Monument, uh, and they would have this huge fireworks display, right? And this huge orchestra, and they would play the 1812 Overture, and, like, and right as the, the music is building, they'd fire off all these fireworks. And this was like my, my, my childhood. Every 4th of July was all about going to the monument, seeing the fireworks. I, I didn't care about anything else about 4th of July, the independence, any of that freedom stuff. I was like, fireworks, ah! right? That was it. So uh, for some of you that you love fireworks, you're like, I can't wait to illegally shoot them off. That's awesome. I'm with you. I'm for you. Uh, but 4th of July weekend, um, man, I'd be remiss, right, to not just talk for a moment about 4th of July and, and just simply say that, that maybe we don't know each other yet. I want you to know that from me, like I'm so grateful that we get to live in a country where we can gather together and worship our God without fear of being dragged into the streets and shot because of that faith. And I hope you know that that is not the case all around the world right now. You know, like not years ago, like right now, as we speak. There are men and women huddled in circles, the floor covered in their tears as they worship our God, but they do it quietly 
out of fear and risk of death right now because of the country that they happen to live in or be born in. What a privilege it is. Just, just a couple weeks ago, I, I was there I, uh, in Nepal. And, and I had the privilege and honor. They asked me, which I'm still like, why? But they asked me to go speak at a graduation where uh, 60 men and women, 40 women and 20 men, well done ladies, their disciples that were graduating from a program that were being sent out to start new churches all throughout northern India and Nepal. And they invited me to say, hey, will you speak at it? I said, okay, but uh, so here's a couple things about it, though. Uh, you can't know where you're going. Um, you don't, can't know uh, how you're going to get there. You can't know the name of the location you're going to. And uh, you're not going to know the person who is coming to pick you up. You just have to be ready to go at 9 a.m. outside your hotel, and you're going to get into an unmarked van. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we couldn't know any of that because if certain people, members of their government, would have found out that there was a group of Christians gathering, let alone female Christians, not only would have they been shut down, abused, extorted, tortured, their kids taken from them, and too often they would never be heard from again. That's right now. Right now. In the world that we live in. We can kind of get tunnel vision of just our thing. And so I am so grateful to live where we live. I am grateful that we have the freedoms that we do have. I'm grateful to be a part of a family that has fought for those freedoms for generations. Like for generations, dating back to the Civil War, and my great-great-great-granddaddy, Adam Fischel, was fighting Confederates. To my grandfather's fighting Nazis in France and Germany. One of them, and I'm bragging on him, that he, he's not with us any longer. He was a Silver Star recipient, a Bronze Star, and a Purple Heart recipient because as he was pulling men from a field of landmines on his way out, one of the landmines took his leg. <laughs> to my uncles fighting the Viet Cong and to my cousins fighting the Taliban, I am grateful for all of the veterans and veteran families that have fought to give us the freedoms that we have. My challenge for us is what do we do with that freedom? How do we wield that amazing gift well for our community and a world that does not have those freedoms, that has not been afforded those freedoms? And as Jesus followers, those who have chosen to say, Jesus, your king, 
the type of freedom for us is, is, is that we are called to a higher level of that. We're called to more than just celebration of where we live and, and celebrating like what it means to celebrate the 4th of July. For Jesus people, we should be celebrating even greater what independence means. Because as followers of Jesus, our freedom is not found in the Declaration of Independence, which is awesome, by the way. Our freedom is found in a king who stepped down from his throne to sacrifice his life for all of the world that they may have freedom from the penalty of sin and death. That anybody who would believe in him would not perish, but they would have eternal life. Our loyalty to country and party can never come before our loyalty and service to our king. It is our king who allowed us to be born here as weird as I can't wrap my mind around that. Why? Why me and here I'm no greater or better than that individual Christ follower over there. Why? Our king demands and deserves our first and best. And when we get that wrong as followers of Jesus, we have forgotten who truly sets us free, right? So if the Son has set you free, then you are truly free indeed. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make yourself free and stay free, right? Paul says, don't get tied up in slavery again. Don't get tied up to the law again. Don't get tied up to all those things that were holding you back. Don't get tied up in all the stuff that will divide you. Don't get caught up in the stuff that distorts you. Don't get caught up to the things in your past. You are free, so be free. As followers of Jesus, we've been called to walk with confidence in that freedom and to use that freedom to step into more. To not settle. So with that, what do you believe you are being called into? What is your more? All right, we started talking about that last week. What is it that God has for you? Is there something more for you? Or what you, way you could ask it is with the freedom that you have been given by the king, what will you do for the king with that freedom? And how do we get there, right? Like we can drone on and on about, you've been made for more, yay, cool, that's awesome. You even have freedom, yay, and we do, cool. Fireworks, cool, awesome. But actually, how do we step into the, to the more that we have actually been made for? How do we actually step into it or step through whatever is stopping us because there's got to be then something stopping us or there's got to be some sort of change that needs to happen. If we're made for more, that means we're not made for right now. We're made for more. So how do we do that? What do we, we said last week, one of the first steps is we've got to take on the reality to be strong and courageous, right? And I speak that over you right now, that we do not live under a spirit of fear and timidity, but one of strength, one of power, one of self-control, one of love, to be strong and courageous, to step forward, to no longer let fear or discouragement cripple you or paralyze you, 
And I looked at, you know, the book of Joshua last week, right? And we looked at this, this story of Joshua leading uh, God's people. It was a new leader stepping in to lead the community of faith. And, and they're about to step into their more, what God has for them next. And today I want us to look at, like, really, to step into our more means to step into what is next for us, even in the face of fear and uncertainty. In Joshua chapter 3, a little recap, we find God's people, um, man, they've been, they've been on such a journey. Maybe some of you can relate. You've been on a journey. And God's people were on a journey. that They were rescued from slavery. And, and, and they were rescued. And this guy named Moses was leading them to this land of more, a promised land, land that was promised to them. And Moses was leading this nation, millions of people, to this promised land. Now, it shouldn't have taken 40 years for them to get there, but because of their grumbling and moaning and complaining and their disobedience, it took 40 years. And here in, in, in chapter 3 of Joshua, we see God's people, they're literally steps away from stepping into the promised land. Not the same people that left Egypt, mind you. They didn't get to do that. It was the next generation that did. And that's a whole sermon unto itself. So here is this nation of Israel steps away from stepping into the more, the future that had been promised to them. And to get to the other side, the other side for them, the Jordan River, to get to the other side, they had to be strong and courageous to push past their fears. I wonder what is in your way right now of stepping into your more. What is the river that is between you and your next? This is Joshua 3, 1. It says this. It says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, that's the nation of Israel, they left the Yasea Grove and they arrived at the banks of the Jordan River and they camped there before the crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers, the leaders within that community, they went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant and all the people who watched Indiana Jones' Ark, right? Raiders of the Lost Ark, same Ark, right? Carrying the Ark of the Covenant, move out from your positions and follow your leaders. Verse four, love this. Since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you, friends, as we go into uncharted territories and new territories. Trust those who have been there before. Trust the leaders that God puts in place in your life, they are guiding you. God has put them there for you. Trust them. They will guide you. Uh, the Lord says, stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't get any closer. I love there's a perspective here. Then he's saying, <laughs> gain that perspective. Verse 5, then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Whitewater com community and family Purify yourselves, prepare yourself, consecrate yourself, get ready. The Lord is going to do great and amazing things among you. What would it mean for you to get ready? What would it mean to strip some things off that maybe you've been holding on to? Things that you've been, you continue to go back to old things and old habits that, that are keeping you in bondage. What would it mean to step forward in freedom? to purify, prepare yourself. 
Verse 6 says, In the morning, uh, Joshua, he said to the priest, Lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And they started out and they went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua this, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all of the Israelites. What made him a great leader was not his conquest of, the, of Jericho or all the other battles he would win. It was this moment right here. His faith and obedience to cross the Jordan. It says, they will know that I am with you, the Lord says, just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the ark. When you reach the banks of the Jordan, take a few steps into the river and stop there. <laughs> and so Joshua told the Israelites, hey, come and listen to what the Lord has said. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out, and he then lists all these different names of like people that are against God's people, right? And, and like he says, like I will drive out the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites, which is a lot like parasites. I will drive them out, and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Termites and all the other ites, right? I will drive all of them out. He says, look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. Leadership is important. <laughs> it's over and over again. Joshua is all about leadership, this whole book. Now choose 12 men. The priest will carry the ark of the Lord of all the earth. And as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut off upstream. Everybody say upstream. We'll come back to that. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. The priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, they went ahead of them. Verse 15, this parenthetical statement. It's like out of nowhere. It's like a left turn. So we're saying we're, we're crossing the river. We're carrying the Ark. It was the harvest season. It's like, why are, you talk, why are you telling us what season it is? That's weird. It was the harvest season. And the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Here's why this is important. Man, any other time of year that God could have brought the nation of Israel to this point, the Jordan River would have been like a meandering brook, a little babbling brook where you could just wade it across and no issues, right? But at harvest season, the Jordan River is now a raging river. Imagine the Ohio River down on the banks, right? And it's just raging. No way through it, no, no way across it, no way a human by themselves could get through it. Imagine what the nation of Israel had to be thinking, like, you brought us to this? Harvest season. Thanks for that, God. <laughs> but, verse 15 says, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge. The water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam. And the water below that point flowed to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry and all of the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Verse 17 is for all those who have a sphere of influence, which would be all of us. All of us are leaders. We have a sphere of influence. So leaders, here's a leadership lesson, number 17. Meanwhile, the priests, the leaders who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Leaders, it is our job to stand in the gap at the point of most resistance, at the point of highest threat, 
and stand there until all are safe. If you have been charged with leadership, that is your charge. And if you follow a leader who does not do that, follow a different leader. They showed that to us right here. And there's lots of things I'd love to unpack for you in this. Like one of the few times that I'm like, man, I want to do a Bible study in this. Those words never come out of my mouth, right? Let's do a group Bible study. Nope, not me, right? I will study God's word, but I'm not going to give like, like that's just me being real transparent. I don't do Bible studies. I'm like, let's go live out the Bible and do God's work in the community, living it out, not telling. Anyway, so it's another sermon. So I'd love to like unpack things, right? Like look at the contrast and comparison of like how the people, uh, they cross the Red Sea and compare it to how they cross the Jordan River. Look at all those differences and similarities. Isn't that amazing? And for those of you that know what I'm talking about, you do. And for those that don't, it's okay. You can go back and watch the movie. If Charlton Heston was in it, it's fine. There's something cool, I think, in looking from a Jesus perspective of when, when God is calling his people to draw closer. When he does that with Moses, it's really a relationship between Moses and God. When he does it with Joshua, it's with God, Joshua, and the community. Notice that they had to carry the ark. They were invited into a community process of it. And then Jesus is then the evolution of that, that he says, hey, I actually, I'm not going to ask you to go through water. I'm not going to ask you to um, walk through dry land. I'm actually going to call you into intimacy with me, and I'll give you the power to walk on water. I'll give you power that you've never even experienced if you just keep your eyes on me. There's a constant evolution and maturity that comes with your faith when you say, Jesus, I'll follow you. And he says, great, come here. Come here. I'm going to keep asking you to grow. Come here to mature, to grow up. And as we grow up in our faith, we get closer to him. I love that. That's cool. The one thing I do, though, want to just kind of camp out in for the rest of my time is what it actually takes to cross the rivers in our life, even when they're scary, even when you can't see how it's all going to work out. Because that's something that every single one of us go through, regardless of what season of life you're in. There's always a season of uncertainty that's in front of you that you can't see everything, but that's what faith is, right? Like faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? And the evidence of things unseen. It's Hebrews 11.1. 1. Sometimes there's seasons where you can't see what God is asking you to do next. He's just asking you to be obedient. That's faith. Not a, a pros and cons list and we'll weigh it out and whichever one has the most pros will do that. That's not faith. <laughs> sure, there's some wisdom maybe, but faith, I will step out even when I can't see it. Hmm. See, the nation of Israel, they, they kind of, they got this, right? They, they were being invited into this more, this promised land, and to do it, they had to step with uncertainty and fear. They couldn't see how God was going to make this work. And they didn't even actually see how he did it, right? Back, back, back in, what is it, verse 15, it says it's harvest season, the river's flooded, but then it says the water backed up. Where did the water back up? Right in front of their eyes? upstream at the town of Adam. It's 
Scholars say that Adam is almost 20 miles upstream. Completely out of sight. Just because you can't see God working doesn't mean he's not working. He's just probably working upstream in your life. Just because you can't see the miracle doesn't mean there isn't a miracle. A lot of us will ask the question, where's God? Maybe you have asked that question. Where's God? Where's God right now, right? How come I can't see him? How come it feels like he's not present when I need him most, right? The nation of Israel could have easily asked that question, right? Like, why would God lead us to the banks of the river, to the promised land, only to lead us to a river that is raging at flood season? Why would God do that? They've got infants and babies and kids. And like, like why would he ask us to do that now? And they would have been asking those questions, right? Like, why would God, why, why? Maybe God isn't blessing us anymore. Maybe God isn't with us. Maybe God hasn't blessed Joshua as our leader. Maybe, maybe we just can't, like, like, but he was there. We know the rest of the story. They just couldn't see him. He was working upstream in their life. Have you ever felt this way? Where are you, God? Where are you? When I need him most, why is he the most silent? Anybody ever ask that? Just me? You're allowed to ask honest, raw questions to God. <laughs> Thank you, Noah, the only honest person in the room. <laughs> I had this uh, opportunity this week that was really challenging for me. Um, I had the privilege to meet the Hines family in our Cleves community this past week. Mark Hines was a construction worker and, and, and he was on a construction site, I should say. And when the hole that he was working in collapsed and in that moment he was taken home to Jesus. And I got the call asking me to come be on the scene. And I don't know if you've ever done that before, but that is not something fun that's some of the things that you're like if you have a list of what do pastors do and you're like well they just talk on Sunday okay <laughs> and so I uh, I was given the opportunity to go meet with the family as the detectives and I shared the news with the family and as I let the family know what happens, Mark's wife, Trish, she just cried out in the most honest and guttural response, why? Why would God let this happen? God does miracles. Why, would, why wouldn't he do one now? If you're waiting for me to give you like the answer to that, I, I don't have all those answers. I don't think I ever will. I didn't have the answers for Trish and, and her daughters. I do know that God was working. I can't explain everything. I do know 
that in the days since then, that God has allowed me to speak into their families' lives and the lives of the friends, and he's already doing a mighty work in their hearts, healing some hurting that's been there, not just from this, but for quite some time. And this is what I believe to be true. There's always more to the story. We just may not always see what's going on. But without a doubt, God is working upstream in our lives, even in the most heartbreaking situations. I shared that a couple weeks ago, I was walking the streets of Kathmandu, which is just really fun to say, by the way. You know? Right? Like, instead of like walking in Memphis in my head, I got like, I was walking in Kathmandu. Walking with my feet, stepping in things that I wish they weren't. Walking is... That's stupid. <laughs> but I, I had just come off of uh, Mount Everest, which is another cool thing to say. I, that's Praise God, like, for the life and journey. And I, I had some time to kill before our flight the following day. And I really wanted to get Kelly uh, a gift you know, I figured, you know, if I was away for three weeks and she was taking care of everything for three weeks, I could at least give her a gift, right? You know, but there is this also this weird side of like, I'm dying from a parasite and I've got to, you know, go feed my consumerism, right? I've got to go buy something, right? That's <laughs> just wrong. But I had heard that you can find beautiful cashmere blankets in Kathmandu ridiculously cheap, right? So there was a sale, so I had to find it, right? That's how bad the sickness is, right? And so here I am. I'm literally wandering the streets with a parasite, like, like trying to find like this market and find this crazy market where they're selling these cashmere blankets and hopefully be able to barter with them to you know, get it down to a good price, right? And so that's what I did. I find this place and I walk into this shop and there's these cashmere blankets and I'm looking at these blankets. Um, and I gotta be honest, like as I'm looking at them, they're hideous. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous, <laughs> right? Like honestly, like, you know, they're, they're in a bag and so I'm like kind of pulling them out of a bag, right? And I'm like looking at them and inspecting them like, I, like I'm the blanket expert, right? And like I'm looking at them and like there's these knots, right? And then like, you know, they're, they're distorted, the color and the pattern, the stitching, it seemed off, right? And they just looked worn and faded. You know, I was like, what in the, and then out of nowhere, this incredibly amazing four foot 11 Nepalese man, he steps in and he's like, no, 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 you have it upside down. And I don't know why he, he didn't sound like that at all. I'm not sure that. <laughs> and so he unwrapped this blanket and he flipped it over and he like laid out the blanket across the counter, right? And then he just stepped back with the biggest smile, so proud. And on the other side, of that blanket was this beautiful tapestry of color and vibrant and rich patterns and designs that were just fascinating. I couldn't see it at first because I couldn't see what was on the other side. I don't know what you are going through right now. 
But I know that all of us are going through something. That all of us just got out of something. Or about to go into something. The more I lean in to engage into the lives of our community, the more I realize how much stuff we're going through. Every single one of us, regardless of how much we may not show it. We're all processing something. We're all wrestling and facing things that are not easy. And so I just want to remind you and encourage you of a truth that is sobering. It was reminded to me this past week, like all of our lives are going to come to an end. And if you're a follower of Jesus, man, we're going to be welcomed into God's presence for all eternity. And when that happens... I don't know how it's all going to happen. I don't know how it's all going to go down and what it's going to look like. And anybody who says they do, they're lying to you. Run away from them. <laughs> I don't know how it'll happen or what it'll look like, but this is what I believe. I believe that God is, is going to take us aside like a good dad. And he's going to say something Like, John, you see this backside of this blanket? You see how knotted up it is? And how faded it is? How distorted it is? You see how there's a stain? See how much it just seems off? This was your life on earth. This is when you were just knotted up in pain and you couldn't make sense of what was going on. He's going to point to another spot and he's going to say, John, this is, this is when you lost your best friend when he committed suicide. This is when you blamed yourself. This is when you lost your job. When everything you thought you were going to be able to do for your family was ripped from you. He's going to say, do you remember? 
when you lost everything and you hit rock bottom? Do you remember carrying around that season of depression? Just, do you remember carrying around that dark cloud that just went with you everywhere you went? Do you remember the rejection from those that you thought loved you? Do you remember the feelings of worthlessness? Do you remember wanting to give up and end things? Maybe he'll say to you like, do you remember when your parents divorced and you thought it was your fault? Do you remember your father walking out and abandoning you? Do you remember your divorce? Do you remember the abuse? Do you remember when your child took off and they never came back? Do you remember the hospital room? Do you remember when you couldn't hear the heartbeat anymore? Do you remember the guilt you carried around, the shame? Do you remember the loneliness? Do you remember just feeling invisible? Do you remember just wishing that you just could share with someone? Do you remember not ever really recovering from that stroke? Do you remember the agony of when you lost your leg? Do you remember the words terminal? Do you remember the words he didn't make it? Do you remember losing them too soon? Do you remember the nights that just felt like they would never end? I do. But here's what I believe. I believe our dad is going to step back. And he's going to flip that blanket over. And he's going to smile as wide as the sunrise. And he's going to say, this is what I was doing through you. This is what you couldn't see. Take a look at the whole big picture. Look at all these people whose lives were changed. Generations that were impacted 
lives that were transformed because of what you went through. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for enduring the pain. Thank you for persevering. Thank you for not turning your back on me. Thank you for not giving up when you had every reason to do so. I believe he's going to say, this is what I was doing through you. This is what I was doing upstream. I don't know what you're going through today. But I do know that this message is for somebody. <laughs> because I wasn't even supposed to share this message today. <laughs> like, full transparency. This whole week, I was writing a message that wasn't supposed to be written for this week. It was supposed to be for next week. <laughs> that, yeah, oops. <laughs> And so I called my brother Chris and I was like, Chris, um, man, would it be okay if I did next week's message this week and next week's, this week's, next week's, you know, because I, I don't want to do a message in one night. Like, can we? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I think somebody maybe just needed to hear this today. And if that's you, would you just hear this from the bottom of my heart, from someone who has walked through the dark night of the soul? You are not alone. He is not done working in your life. He's just working upstream. He's just working upstream. He's not done with you. He's got you. Okay? Hold on. Just hold on. There is nothing that you can do that's going to make him leave you or make him love you any less or any more. Just hold on. Just take a step. One step. I just encourage you, take a step. Take a step into that river, regardless of how scary or how uncertain it may be. Just take a step. Because he is working upstream in your life. And so, Father, I just ask that you make up for my inadequacies and you are just letting your word go forth and just grab hearts who's ever heart needed to hear this that you will draw close to them that you will be the great comforter that you say you will come close to those who are brokenhearted so be a man of your word i know you are overwhelm them with your goodness and mercy as they are walking through the valley We just need you. We just need you. Help us to hold on. Help us to keep stepping even when it's hard.
Help us to be strong. Help us to be courageous. Help us to not be paralyzed with fear. Help us to push past the discouragement. Help us to take a step. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I just encourage you today to take a step. Later today, tomorrow, I say today, why put off what you can do today? We're going to take a few minutes and we're just going to stay in this moment. We'll sing, we'll pray. I don't understand that. That's okay. Sometimes my filter breaks and the things I shouldn't say, I say. All of us have a step we're supposed to take. I don't know why we keep putting it off. So friends, if you need prayer, meaning like if you just want a brother or sister to come alongside you and just encourage your heart and say, you're going to get through this, then we're here for you. Prayer team, go ahead and come forward. You'll see some people that are, that are just going to be up here. They, they don't have it all together. They just are people that are willing to say, if you're going through hell, I'll walk with you. take a step of faith. Maybe you're here today and I don't know why you got drug here, but you're like, I don't know who this Jesus guy is, but I may need to get to know him more. Well, we'd like to have that conversation with you. Come talk to us. I can tell you this from experience, and I have the scars all over my body to prove it. There is nothing that's actually going to be able to get you across that river into your next other than Jesus. I've tried everything else. And some of my brothers and sisters here have too. <laughs> so if you're ready to actually do something that works, we can have that conversation. We can introduce you to a guy named Jesus. If you want to like make a, a decision publicly and, and follow in his footsteps and be baptized if you never made that decision as an adult to actually dedicate your life by being baptized and making that step of faith and public commitment why haven't you if you say you follow Jesus look there's water <laughs> what's stopping you from being baptized we'll do that today too so everybody's got a step it's just a matter of whether or not we choose to take a step. Maybe today's your day. <laughs>